Step one, wake up early, gon' rise with the sun. Step two, get some good, some food in you. Step three, think grow hard about what you wanna be. Step four, fuck everybody, just do your thing. Wake up. What is going on, guys? It's Bobby Walker here with the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast. So happy that you're back with me. So happy that JC Chanowski is here with us today. This guy is the Clark Effing Griswold of the uh, pressure washing and Christmas light world. So I can't, I, I can't wait to, to get into this thing with him. If you were seeing what I'm seeing right now, so if you're on audio, just know we're looking at a dude that I ain't gonna lie pretty good looking guy all right he's got the nice you know spiked hair going he's got the, the the slight stubble on the chin you know looking all sexy but then he's wearing an amazing blue red striped uh blazer with reindeer and actually i don't see santa claus on there but snowflakes and the man is just like mr christmas and i i can't wait to uh to dig in and talk to him a little more but before we get to him we got to share a little love with some amazing people that help us all have these great times on the j and e podcast and there's two of them one of them you know from a long long time ago is responsibid they've been sponsoring they were the first show sponsor and they've been around for a long time and love the team over there you guys know the story and if you don't know what responsibid is here's what it is it's the best sales tool for this home service industry period it's a nice little bolt-on it's like the funnel that goes on top of your crm and it makes you uh able to close more jobs and do them with higher average ticket prices with less effort it also has some cool features like it can live on your website and give people quotes that way so even if you're a company that does all your quotes in person maybe you want people to get their own quote overnight maybe well if someone's sitting in their bed at midnight they decide they're gonna do a little work get the the pressure washing or the thing or the whatever you do done they can go to your website get a quote for the service and schedule themselves right there it's amazing it's awesome it works as advertised and let me tell you what it's not it's not an easy button it's just an easier button. You still have to put in the work. You still have to get out there and market. You still have to create leads. And Responsibid is going to help you turn those into more money than you would if you didn't have it. And they're so confident that they have a 10 to 1 ROI guarantee. JC, have you ever heard of a 10 to 1 guarantee on anything? Not in this industry, especially. Definitely not here. So 10 to 1 ROI guarantee. If it doesn't pay for itself, you don't pay for, if it doesn't pay for itself at a 10 to one, you don't pay for it. Go check them out. J and E listeners get a special rate. You can't get it anywhere else. You can go to J N E bid.com to check it out. That's J N E like journey of a new entrepreneur B I D like responsibid.com. And then the second group is just my favorite virtual, uh, virtual receptionist over there at Jill's office. Listen, this is short. This is sweet. They answer the phones when you can't, or when you don't want to, and they do it professionally. They actually work with Responsibid, so they can even call them while you're on the ladder, use Responsibid to give them a quote from your account. If they buy it, can actually schedule it on your calendar per your requirements. It's a beautiful thing. And you can go to jillsoffice.com slash J-N-E as well. Tell them Bobby sent you over there. Give them a lot of love. All right, Ooh, I can breathe. That, we got good. that. that was good. I, I like wow. that, man. I, I always feel like a professional podcaster when I'm doing the 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 read at the beginning, and then it just kind of all goes to shit after that. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> so, JC, we are we're not like the closest, bestest of friends, 
but we're definitely friends. We've got to know each other a bit. You know, um, we've been in the same mastermind together a little bit. You know, we've talked at some events since then and stuff. I think we know each other enough to know that we like each other, right? Pretty cool. Yeah, cool yeah. Thing. I mean, we've shaked hands and hugged, so I think we're yeah. just comfortable. Absolutely. And uh, but I'm I'm looking forward to uh, actually learning a little bit about your story um, because I don't know a lot of it. I know a little bit about it, but I don't know a lot of it. But here's what I do know: is that you're experiencing the fruit of your labor. I was about I was gonna say, which this would be true you're experiencing a great deal of success in life, which includes your business is doing well, but you look to be not just very happy, but you look to be very fulfilled in what you're doing on top of it. So that's why I want to say a great, a great deal of success in life that includes your businesses. I'm seeing the photos. I'm seeing your huge teams that are behind you. You're installing a kajillion Christmas lights a year. You seem to be changing other people's lives, trying to get them to sell Christmas lights. Do this for me, man. Give me, give me a, a little bit. Give me that 60, 90 seconds of just kind of who JC is in general. And then tell me like what's going on in your life today, you know, like with the businesses and with all the moving and shaking that I see. And then we'll find out how you got there in a little bit. Yeah. Um, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. And uh, so, I mean, we've talked about this for a while, so I'm glad we could finally connect. Mm -hmm. And a little bit about me. I mean, just a young entrepreneur like everybody started out with no experience. <laughs> um, but just, um, you know, really in the last five months, finding a lot of more about myself um, that you're starting to see that's coming down on social media and everything, the talking, the communicating, all that stuff. And I'm really starting to have fun in, in life and in business. I've had fun in business for a long time. And that's very important for me. If you can't have fun doing it, why do it? Mm -hmm. So that's been a huge focal point for me for a long time with my team as well. Um, but just been having fun building a team, getting people together, collaborating, seeing what they their strengths and weaknesses are, working with those, learning more about myself, my strengths and weaknesses as a leader and developing those constantly. I mean, I, I criticize myself every day, every week on how to be a better person, better leader, better father. And just at a really good point in life right now in the business where I can focus on helping other people. And that's really getting more exciting than hanging Christmas lights lately. And that's hard <laughs> to say. I love Christmas. You do. I do. Hence to the jacket. And, <laughs> and I think the, as you mentioned, we had a podcast scheduled a long time ago and actually I can't remember if I canceled on you, you canceled me, but we, we had to reschedule for one reason or another. Uh, was it you? Okay. I couldn't remember. I, I do that too. So I, I wasn't actually being coy there. Uh, coy. I wasn't being coy. I wasn't pretending that I didn't remember. Why do I, why do I got to stop on those JC? I'm not going to edit this out. People are going to hear all this stuff. They knew what I meant. Um, but uh, but the first time you scheduled, you know, because I got the little calendar link and you go through and schedule and it was Clark effing Griswold, I think was the name. <laughs> so, so you definitely like Christmas lights. So do this. Talk to us about that. Uh, you know, let's just say about the business or businesses, because uh, if I was if I was going off of what I knew and suspected, I would imagine, you know, you like you started your washing business and then you've added Christmas lights to it. And their one company would be my guess. So. But whatever that looks like, tell us about what you got going on in the business world. Do you have other people running it for you on the day-to-day? -day? Are you still in there? You know, all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, in 2003, I was really going nowhere fast in life. Um, I was getting into a lot of trouble, doing stupid things, dropped out of college probably four or five times. 
And I made a hard decision in my life to join the military. I was, like I said, 23 years old at that point. And uh, it wasn't easy to uh, stop everything I was doing and join the Navy. But I knew it was something I had to do to maybe figure out what I needed to do in life. So I joined the military in 2004. I went off to boot camp. Fast forward 2008, I met my ex-wife at the time, or wife at the time, I should say. And I could have stayed in the Navy or I could have got out. And there was a pinnacle point in my career. It was like I was doing really good advancement and I was getting ready to go do something really fun in my career. But I didn't want to take that chance of heading out overseas and just being gone for a long time. So I chose getting out of the military and trying to start my entrepreneurial journey at that point. Came back to North Carolina, lived with my father, uh, my wife at the time and her daughter and just did, the, did a lot of research. I knew I wanted to do something outdoors. I like working my hands. And I was going to do landscaping. I always really enjoyed that as a kid, but there's a lot of landscapers in North Carolina. I mean, we're a pretty warm climate, not as warm as you guys year round, but Mm -hmm. there was a lot of landscapers, not a lot of pressure washers. So I said, Hey, you know what? Let's do this. You know, market analysis, did the research. It just seemed like a good option. And I could still work outside with my father. So 2009, my father, Brian and I started Cape Year Pro Wash. And shortly after that, while I was in the Navy reserves, I get called to go overseas. Um, So yeah, I got out to avoid that, but I ended up uh, getting called over in 2010. So I was overseas for about nine months, came back home. I said, Hey, let's go back to New York. That's where my uh, wife at the time she lived, her family's up there. Let's just do a little bit of change. So while I was gone from 2010 to 14, my father still ran the company, KPR Pro Wash. Now it wasn't really him doing marketing and, and running the business like it should, we were young, didn't really know what to do anyway, but he'd answer the phone, keep your pro wash and do a couple of houses a year, kept the name alive, which was great. 2014, we packed everything up. It was way too cold in New York. I mean, talking negative nine degrees in the wintertime, miserable. I mean, just nobody wants to live there. Mm-hmm. Came back to North Carolina, started running Cape Fear Pro Wash while still full-time Navy. And 2015, 16, I believe, somewhere around there, I was at a trade show in Charlotte and I saw the We Hang Christmas Lights guys out there and they had a huge wreath up with all lights up and everything. And I love Christmas lights. We grew up really not so well off. And mm-hmm. as we were kids, the best thing we could do every Christmas was drive around, look at everybody else's Christmas lights. Yep. Favorite thing to do. One like the It few was awesome. Yeah, yeah, I have those same memories as a kid. Love yeah, it. one of the few memories I had as a kid is being in the backseat of my sister in the car and just going house to house and house. And in New York, it was just like a competition back then. Mm-hmm. So met Ryan, uh, Josh, and I believe Matt was there, maybe Brett. And they're like, you can hang Christmas lights for a living. I was like, there's just no freaking way that somebody's going to hang me to uh, pay me to hang Christmas lights for them. Now, where was this at? Were you talking about when you Charlotte, had this? It was at Charlotte during a riot, actually, at a, uh, one of the pressure washing trade shows. Oh, a riot during a trade show. That's nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> right, I'm just good. trying to follow the progress here. I couldn't remember. Yeah, so 2016, October, uh, we were down there. And... They're talking about Christmas lights and hanging Christmas lights and making money. I was really skeptical, but I said, all right, we'll try it. So Brian and I, my father went home a couple weeks later. We hung some Christmas lights. I didn't fall off the ladder. We didn't burn the house down. The house looked good. And I was like, dad, we're on to something. We're going to do this. So 2016, we didn't do a whole lot because first year, this is back before all the groups were formed and all the social media stuff was available. Mm -hmm. So we did four houses that year. I had fun doing it. Yep. 2017, we did 25 houses. I'm like, Dad, we're on to something. We're going to do this. So 2017, Patriot Illumination was formed. 
2018 is where we really started seeing some explosive growth. And every year since there, we pretty much almost doubled on what wow. we did, we've done. So we went from just my father and I, Brian, to hanging lights, nights, weekends, after work, whatever it was, to we were at a peak of 22 in, uh, yeah, 22 on our team. I think we had 12 or 13 installers, uh, sales, warehouse, uh, admin, you name it. We had them uh, for the last season. And I've been loving it. 22, you said? 22, yeah. A team of 22? Wow. And, you know, the story about me, like I said, I loved Christmas since I was a kid. We grew up not so wealthy, and Christmas was special for me because of those lights, because they made me happy. As I got older and I had kids, every single Thanksgiving, I was outside freezing my ass off and hanging Christmas lights. And I just looked forward to Thanksgiving dinner, being able to eat the turkey and plug the lights in. It was very special to me. So now when I do the Christmas lights, I don't do it just for that dollar bill, just to put some lights up and make people, you know, just keep my guys busy. It, it, there's a lot more to it. It's it's making the customer happy, number one. That's the priority. Mm-hmm. Making my team happy while doing it because they need to understand that people don't need Christmas lights. They want Christmas lights. There's a lot of emotional connection to it for a lot of people. And if I can make just one person happy off of the installation that we just did, whether they couldn't afford the lights, like we couldn't when we were younger, or they had a really bad day and we're driving home and looked over to the right and they just saw that twinkle and they smiled for that one second. I'll never know about it, but I feel that every single house we do has that impact on one person. And that's what it's really about for me. It's awesome. I'm not, driven by money when we do this money's great but happiness is better for me so as we continue to grow i want to do more every single year just to make one more person happier during the, the winter season i didn't know any of that we haven't uh that's awesome and i don't even think i want to add any commentary to that that's freaking <laughs> awesome man and uh, i like you even more than i did before so <laughs> no when i yeah when i wear these jackets i mean i, I wear them year round we got an event tonight it's what february i'll wear it tonight and everybody's going to look at me like i'm crazy but there'll be one person smiling in that corner if i'm yep. walking through the airport i always see somebody look down and they look up and see it and just smile i'm like i may look like the dumbest person here right now but i'm <laughs> smiling and I just did my job. So well, I've seen a handful of these, I guess you'd call them blazers, you know, uh, jackets, whatever you want to call them. But I've seen a handful of them that you've posted online. Um, I, I'm, I'm not the most observant guy, so I could, I think you have a green one that I've seen out there somewhere, but how many of these things do you have? And again, for the, yeah, that one right there. Yeah. So for the <laughs> listeners, again, what JC's describing is he's just embodied this and now it makes even more sense to me. You know, now, like now it's even cooler because I thought it was just for a marketing thing, which it definitely it helps. That's yeah. in there, right? But it's like ingrained in you. So how long have you been doing these festive, you know, like the over the top? Imagine ugly sweater contest for Christmas and turn it into a blazer. And that that's what we're describing. So how long have you been doing that? I think four years we've had the blazers and every year it just um, I just keep adding and adding. I've got a Grinch costume where I've literally walked through the airport with a Grinch costume on just to oh, make people happy. And yeah. it is so fun watching kids like just pointing their mom, pulling the mom's sweat, like, mom, mom, look, look, look. Uh, I think I have eight blazers and I will say I just put this one on fresh today. I had another one earlier, so I cleaned up just for you. I hope I uh, hope I'm looking good. Oh, you're looking great, man. I All am right. a little pissed off right now, though, after what you just shared with me. 
because apparently audience when jc chanowski goes through an airport and wants to make a spectacle to get some attention from people everyone loves it when i do it i get put on the no fly list what's up with this stuff you know? thanks obama right yeah you know, so. <laughs> or, or i guess the better joke would be thanks bin laden for the uh for the uh uh freaking i can't even think of the name of the movie for the fans of what's that movie um they go to vegas uh there's three of them uh, the guy getting married always ends up getting oh, lost. Uh, hangover. The hangover. Yeah. 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 Yes. <laughs> I was half trying to reference that, and it bombed. When you got to explain the joke, folks, it doesn't work. Yes. Yeah. That 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 was your gold nugget from me for the day. So, okay. So you're doing a lot of stuff. You've you know you got a big team of people. I'm assuming you uh, have uh, people running the day to day for you. Or are you just the in that visionary role at this stage in the game, right? You're pointing them in the right direction and they're executing? Yeah, so for the last two and a half, three, uh, two and a half years, we've had, I call it the core four, which was admin sales and operations. Mm -hmm. And phenomenal. Um, Joe, my operations manager, he's been with me the longest. Uh, Patrick, my sales, he's been there too. And Liz is right behind them. And... Mm -hmm. You know, I do a lot of traveling and a lot of other things. And I've blind trust in all three of those to fully execute the mission while I'm gone mm -hmm. and make the hard decisions without me. And that was one of the, the hardest things as a young entrepreneur was to be able to let go of the reins and trust them to do that, knowing they had the best interest of the company. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, we have hiccups. I'm not going to lie. We were not perfect. There's days where like, what, what is going on here? Like, how do we even let this happen? But they communicate effectively and they're just great at what they do. And we just added a general manager last week, Rob, and he's, you know, the missing key to, to my puzzle that I've been trying to do for the last year or so. And, you know, now he's working through uh, the team, getting to know everybody, trying to build the trust within them and really excited for, everything that's going on this year and what's coming over the next year or two for our vision and our, our goals. So it's real, it's been fun. And like I said, if you're not having fun doing it, it's, it's not worth doing. So for me, everybody has to be having fun, has to have the buy-in for the vision, has to have the buy-in with our values and we all have to line. You know, I want, I want to dig into that for a minute. And even if it kind of derails where we're going, because I had some other questions on what you were saying, but let's unpack that for a minute. So if you're not having fun, it's not worth doing. Um, you and I briefly chatted before we went online. Uh, you know, it hasn't been all fun and games, which I didn't realize you started back in, uh, I guess, 09, right? Yeah. yeah, 09. And then I think you said it was 17 or 18 when you really started getting the traction, yeah. I think, right? Yeah. Um I would even imagine since 17 or 18, there's probably been some non-fun moments, right? Oh, oh yeah. So um, so I think I know what you mean, but for the person that would be out there saying, oh, must be nice, JC, living in a fantasy world where you're happy and having fun every day. I, you know, if I didn't want to do it or if it wasn't worth doing, if I'm not having fun, I can, couldn't do it most of the time. What do you say to that? Like, you're, you're clearly not telling them you don't have bad days. Unpack that a little bit. You know, how are you having fun or being happy about it? Maybe when things aren't going the, the, the way they should. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
let's go back to 1617 when we first really started hiring people. And before that, it was just my father and I. And if you've ever worked with family, which I know you have, yeah. uh, I've fired my father probably more than Donald Trump on that show. Um, <laughs> you know, and um, working with family is hard. It's it's fun. It's, yeah. I, I love the guy. And I mean, he's my best friend. And it's been great having him by my side. He's my rock. Um, but as I started hiring, which I remember the first hire was always the scariest. You it know? is. It, it, like, how am I going to do this? I can't afford them. What if I don't work? And once I made that first hire, I'm like, oh, my God, that was easy. Like, it wasn't perfect. Don't get me wrong. But it was easy to get them going and find work. And work started coming in. I'm like, all right, well, we got this one. That was our first hire was actually uh, admin. And I think that's one of the most important hires. I was going to say that that wasn't mine, but that's probably the best first hire to make for most of us in this type of industry, I would imagine. So absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, instead of answering the phone while you're on a roof trying to clean and that going to voicemail, they're taking care of that. So I think it's a, you know, a really solid first hire and very important for your team to operate efficiently. And I love Liz and she's awesome. And she's our rock right now. Um, but like I said, you know, you don't know what you're doing. You're looking for the perfect gem the diamond in those applications and you're looking for everything that's going to hit that wicket so you're just throwing these applications out left and right then you find the perfect one but didn't realize that they can just google a perfect resume and you yeah. get a, it's just a, a turd sandwich and you're like all right well that was horrible and then you fire I, we don't even do resumes i don't even look at resumes i mean if we look at work history uh, you know I'll, I'll like call work history but i don't even all that other shit we make them yeah. leave us a voicemail i think you know you you, you you still don't get everything out of that, but you get a little more kind of of who someone is hearing from them than you do. My skill sets are Excel and Word. And <laughs> oh, I'm sure you and I can spend hours on a podcast just going through resumes and laughing at the stuff that we see. I mean, mm -hmm. I've seen dating experience on there, profile pictures, you name it. It's just, yeah, yeah they are. I've learned over the last year, <laughs> two years that it's just a waste of time. Um, but, but yeah, so, you know, the hiring thing, it's you get the first hire, then we get the second hire. And then you're training them. And then it comes that day where you got to let them go on their own because mm -hmm. you can't be doing everything. And I remember that day. I'm like, all right, here we go. That phone's going to ring any minute. I'm grabbing that phone. I'm just looking at it. I'm waiting for that phone to ring. Like mm -hmm. the whole world's going to blow up. He's going to just destroy the house and everything. And they get back to the shop and I'm like, all right, what happened? What's wrong? Nothing, boss. We got the job done. What? What do you mean you got it done? Yep. Oh, all right. Well, let's just try this again tomorrow and see what happens. And why do you think we're like that so bad? Why do you think we struggle so much with never thinking someone else is going to be able to do it? Because clearly we're the best son of a bitch on the planet at whatever it is. Well, like, it's our babies. I mean, we're perfectionists and we know how we want it done. And no matter how hard we train somebody at, as an early entrepreneur, we just think that they're never going to execute it the same way that we want done in the same exact steps. And once you realize that, they can do the same mission and it may not be word for word or step by step how you do it. As long as that job gets done, the customer's happy and everybody's safe at the end of the day. Okay. Then yeah. maybe, maybe we just learned something. Maybe I was doing a little bit harder. Maybe there was an easier way to do it. So that's real difficult to be able to trust somebody, especially mm -hmm. driving. I mean, I remember when I had a, I think he was 20 years old, drove off with a brand new, uh, flatbed. We had a hundred thousand dollars invested in this truck and he's 19 years old and he drove off and I'm like, all right, man, good luck. I'll see you later. It's like two years ago. Mm -hmm. I didn't even worry. I wasn't even worried about anything because if I sit there and worry about everything, I can't focus on what's important and help the company grow and execute the things that we need to do every day. Yeah. So once 
you build that trust and they got to trust you and you got to trust them as well. Things get a little bit easier mm-hmm. and you got to listen too. that's the hard part. Nobody wants to listen to their team. They're like, well, this is my way. It's the only way. And yep. it's not the only way because things change. Wait, there's easier ways of doing things. There's no need to work harder when you can work smarter. Mm-hmm. And I tell the guys, if you could figure out a way to make this more efficient, faster, safer, and save us money, let's try it. Do we yeah. got to buy a new tool? Let's do it. Do we need to cut this step out? We're going to try it. So that helps build the trust in the team and makes them feel valuable and gives them buying in your company as well. Mm-hmm. And it just, it helps. It helps that company culture when they feel wanted and they know that their opinion matters. Yeah. I, I like that. Um, you know, that's something it's like, I feel like I'm really good and really terrible at this, you know, like I guess what, what probably the best way to describe that is I think I have a good skill set here and I'm very inconsistent in my, uh, you know, execution on it. But, you know, you're talking about listening to your team and things like that. Cause I'm a, I'm very pro delegation and I'm very pro empowerment on the surface, but then I'm not always, um, I guess there's some cognitive dissonance there where the actions don't always align with the thoughts. Right. And, but I know for me, you know, I put my business in a bad spot. Uh, it's been a year, you know, over a year ago now. Uh, but I, I think you're, you know, I think we've talked about it even, you know, I dealt with some depression and all this stuff and, and I had put it in a really rough spot. And one thing that I realized when I came out of those things, and at first I wasn't even worried about the company. Like there was a point where I'm in therapy and, I really didn't even give two shits if the company was going to make it or not, because I had at least decided I'm worth getting better, but I didn't have the bandwidth to take care of life. I only had the bandwidth at this point just to kind of try to get better. And I was, uh, but as I was going through and working on myself and coming out and, and as you're, as you work on yourself, you know, whether it's, you know, even this mental health stuff, you start looking at like every aspect of your life, you know, cause when you start paying attention to something, you start paying attention to something. And that's when I realized I'm like, man, I'm just not the right guy for this. And my pride doesn't want to admit it. So I'll let my pride speak for a minute. I I've got the skill set to be a GM. I've got the skill set to be an ops manager. I've done it. I've won the trips back in the day, you know, doing that stuff. But there's one actual part of that skill set that I am real genuinely missing, which I kind of already said it, which is I'm more of a sprinter than a marathoner. It's just it's how I am. And I'll be, you know, extreme, you know, focus for a period of time and then aimless for months and then back into it. And it doesn't, cause, you know, make for a good, good business manager. Right. And uh, so my whole point as I'm babbling all over this is whenever I, I, turned things over to my team last year and said, okay, I'm going to play that CEO role, but you know, essentially the, the visionary, that's the direction we're going. And I'm getting you guys who are good at what you are and actually not even experienced, not even where they needed to be on some stuff, but they were my people. And by God, we were going to grow together. Letting them, you know, break some eggs has significantly improved our company. I think our culture is better. And I thought it was great when I thought I was good at culture, but I think our culture is better. Um, We're more consistent because those guys are more consistent than me. And 
I'm not, you know, and the only good ideas that come along aren't mine because I have a limited number of them. Now I got these other people that they're in the trenches and they've got, they've, the reason I'm hesitating saying this, this isn't a struggle for me, but it's going to sound cliche to the listeners when I say it, JC, I know you're going to get it. And I would just say to the listeners, I'm not just trying to say something. They've got a better perspective on the, these things in, in many cases than we do. We might have that better perspective of the big picture. You know, sometimes they may come to you and want to do a thing and you can see how it doesn't fit the whole picture, but you take that part out, you know, so we still have that job to do. They're probably going to have some better context and, and perspective in that because they're your people. If you're a good business person, you're a good recruiter. If you're a good, you know, good business person, you're going to be good at building your team up. And if you're doing those things, well, then by God, we better listen to them because you got the right person there to do that stuff. So I would say I've had a similar experience. So here's what I want to ask of you. Um, it was around 18, you know, you started doubling and doubling and you started hiring and all this stuff. So you went from, I guess, what, probably around 2016, it was you and your dad, I think, uh, yeah, you know, right. Yep. So so whether it was, you know, and then what year did you start hiring again? I know you said it was at 17 or 18 when you started bringing people. I, I believe it was 18, seven, okay. it was end of 17 for the Christmas season into 18. Okay. We'll say 17 ish. Right. So, yeah. so you go from the two of you to just about five years later, there's 22 of you. I'm sure it was all sunshine and rainbows and you had no oh, yeah. obstacles, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, just swimming in money like Scrooge and no stress. <laughs> Sipping martinis at 12 o'clock. It was beautiful. So let's, was let's, let's talk to the listeners right now that are saying, damn, I want to be like JC when he grows up. He's very, you know, cause you are, I already know you're inspiring people that are listening to this and, and you're motivating them to want to do some things. Talk about some of the struggle not because we want to beat them down from being excited, but so you can say, Hey, be excited about it and learn from this mistake that I made or this experience that I had. Could you share some of those bumps along the way, the growing pains that you've had over the last four or five years? Yeah, absolutely. And just to be completely transparent, I mean, you know, social media paints this pretty picture. I just had a conversation with somebody today and I'm, you know, it's, we post what we want people to see, but yep. We're all human. We all make mistakes. I mean, even as recent as uh, last Christmas, I mean, November, October, I struggled. I mean, I was at a point where I was just, things were going good, but some things were just bad and I was ready to quit and just throw it all in. I mean, that was just four or five months ago. So mm -hmm. don't think that everything you guys see on social media, like everything's perfect. Like it's a perfect life. He's doing all this traveling and all this stuff. No, we, I mean, we all struggle. We all have our demons. And mm -hmm. um, so, and I'd love to dive deep into uh, anybody with that, but yeah. So the hiring thing was hard. And I will say the one thing that really helped me out was when I joined Conquer mm -hmm. because I was making a lot of mistakes the hard way and it was very expensive. I thought that I knew what I needed to do. I, I knew how to run a business, but I've never ran a business. So I just did things the hard way and we lost a lot of money. Uh, we had a lot of turnover back then. We always tried having fun doing it, but you can't have fun when you don't know what you're doing. So once we made the commitment and the investment to hire a coach and my first coach was Pat Clark, which you know, he's had an amazing story that he yeah. shared all the time. And I love the guy and I'm so grateful for him. Um, he started showing me better ways to do things and how to listen. And that was the hardest thing was listening. 
because we think we know it all. And like you said, you know, we don't want to hear those ideas, but they're in it every single day doing it. And the second you start shutting one idea down or two ideas down, they don't want to come to you with those ideas. And they may be sitting on there for like a month, six months, a year. And why didn't you tell me that? Well, I knew you were going to tell me no. And it doesn't allow that open communication through your team. So being open to listening is hard because we know everything we think. But if I'm not answering the phones every day in that office, I don't know the struggles they're dealing with. If I'm not washing, like I'm not out washing today, I don't know what struggles they're dealing with equipment. So for them to have that open line of communication, say, hey, boss, this is what we need. Or, hey, boss, this is messed up. Again, that empowers them to feel like a leader and to feel like they have a buy into the company to say, JC, this is fucked up. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <It's> and- <laughs> I try to tone my language down on the show, but you don't have to. I've been, I've been trying to get better, though. I have um, been better. So for all you whiny babies out there, give me a thank you email instead of the typical you cuss too much. So anyway, back to you, JC. Yeah. So, I mean, just being able to be vulnerable to making mistakes and recognizing and expressing that with your team, I'll never make a mistake and hide and say, well, he messed up. I'm very transparent. I messed up guys. Like, I'm sorry, we should have done this. And they're like, wow, the the boss is never right or wrong. And, and understanding too, that these guys and girls are out there every single day working with you for you, however you want to say it. And for the company to make the the company money. Um, and I remember back in the day, if we lost one nozzle or something broke, I'm freaking out. Like, why, why, why'd you lose that $20 piece of nozzle or something like that? And then it gets to the point where they don't want to communicate with you because you're freaking out over something so petty, but they just made $1,500 for you that day. Yep. And you're, get, you're getting upset about $20. Um, so that's another thing that I've learned over the years was just let it go. Like as long as, and anytime anybody calls me and they say, boss, you're sitting down. I'm like, Oh, what happened? Yeah. First thing I say is everybody. All right. And yep. it's, it's a yes. That's exactly where your head gets. When someone says, dude, are you, are you sitting down? I'm, I'm like, you need to tell me right now if there's a funeral happening. Cause that's immediately where your mind that's yeah. like, don't, don't do that to your boss. People. It's a horrible thing to do. <laughs> yeah, and I, I was J- July 3rd, three years ago, and I was in uh, Universal, and I got that phone call, and my guys were making a left-hand turn, the first truck went, the second truck was going, and the lady didn't even look up at the light and T-boned one of our trucks, wow. and the first thing I said to them is, everybody, all right, get them to the hospital, whatever they need, I don't even care about the equipment, I don't care, just shut, shut everything down, like, make sure they're okay, and that's what's really important, because at the end of the day, as long as they're going home to their families with all 10 fingers, all 10 toes, and everybody's happy, whatever, we'll fix it. We'll replace it. We've had two surface cleaners fall off the back of the truck. And I remember the guy coming back scared, like just worried that I was going to yell at him and freak out and fire. I'm like, what could we have done better? Yeah. Well, we probably could have checked the equipment. All right. Well, next time let's put this checklist in that when you leave the job, we check out all the equipment and we'll order two more tomorrow and don't even worry about it. I could have freaked out, but that wouldn't have done anything because then they would have hid everything else from me going forward. Yep. So just it's equipment. Things are going to happen. Mistakes are going to happen. I'm not perfect. I've messed up so many jobs before. I can't even tell you how many things I've damaged in the past. Trees, <laughs> bushes, you name it. I mean, I'm not I'm not perfect. I'm human just like them. As long as they understand that, hey, you know, we're all the same and we all make mistakes. 
I'd rather them come to me and tell me, hey, boss, we messed this up. Yeah. No, that's How good. Well, so let me ask you this. Uh, we're talking about employees. We're talking about how you engage and interact with them. You actually earlier talked about even, you know, talked about empowering them, which folks give empower your people to make some decisions because it's more than just letting them make a decision. It's you're, you're investing in them when, when you let them do that, what they're hearing is my boss trusts me and my boss values me. And that makes a big difference in them. But, but that's not my question. I just, that was my, a little aside. I wanted to put a emphasis on that. As you can said, I, can I, can I just jump in that one real yeah, quick? Please too. do. It's okay for them to fail mm-hmm. and recognize that. I mean, we've, we've had a couple of hires where I was on a part of it and I saw them and I was like, mm, this might not be the best one. And they weren't. And we talked about it afterwards because that's a learning point right there. To If you constantly just have them do everything perfect, then they're not going to learn from the mistakes and they're going to always think that everything's got to be perfect, um, but it's not. So it's okay to let them fail and praise them for understanding what they're doing and learn from that. So the next time they can get better from that. I'm sorry. Now you can go no, ahead. don't be. Listen, uh, if, if I ever get mad at someone for interrupting me, I'm the hypocrite of hypocrites. <laughs> so, um, so let's talk about keep talking about employees here. Um, is it fair for me to assume? And I don't think perfect because I do understand that highlight real thing. And like, I can absolutely appreciate when you you're posting these photos, people probably think you're like the second coming of Jesus all of a sudden. And you're like, if you really knew what was going down, you wouldn't be thinking this, but, <laughs> but you're clearly doing some things. Great. Your employees, you know, unless you're only taking photos of them the one time a week when they smile, you know, they yeah, seem pretty yeah. happy, stuff like that. I got a $20 bill in my hand. I'm like, smile. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so my question, two-part question, what are you doing? Or what, maybe I could say, what are some of the key pillars that you do to contribute to that positive company culture? And then the add-on question with that is, as you've been hiring over the last, you know, five-ish years and building this team, um, did you, did you mess up from the culture standpoint? I'm not asking, did you hire the wrong person, but like, were there ever some culture issues that you're like, Oh crap, I've got to readjust whether it's cutting out some cancer, changing the way you do things, stuff like that. So what are, what are some of your best practices? If you could share a gold nugget or two on building good culture. And then did you have any obstacles that you had to learn the hard way as you've been doing? Yeah. So culture is not like a company. It can't be from eight to four, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, things like that. It it has to be, you know, living, breathing every single day, no matter what you do, whether it's even through your emails, your communication with your customers, because they can see it. Um, And for us, the second you walk in our office, it's you, you smile. I mean, that you can guess it. There's Christmas lights hanging in our office. I think they just took them down because they just remodeled, but we have Christmas lights up. We don't have, motivational posters of Michael Jordan and Rocky and stuff like that. We have team photos up there so that they can see those photos. And we show them like, Hey, this is a photo of when we went and did uh deep sea fishing. This is our team photo of us four years ago. So you can kind of see the progression of where we are now. And it makes the guys and girls feel good in the office. Cause they're like, Hey, that's, that's me up there. You know, that's mm-hmm. not the photo he just bought at Spencer's or something like that. <laughs> so, you know, then that's they cool. have aspiration to want to be the next picture on the wall. Um, so that alone, when you walk into the office, you, you've just like, you look around you're like, Oh, this, this is nice. Um, 
we got a break room. We want everybody to feel relaxed. And if they're stressed out coming to work because they woke up late or just having a bad day, didn't sleep enough, we've got coffee, snacks, drinks for them there so that they don't have to worry about, you know, just stressing out for the whole day, being hungry. So they know that that's going to be there every single day, fresh pot of coffee and ready to go. We make breakfast all the time. We'll get out there. My kids will take orders and serve them the meals because they're part of the family and having my kids there and knowing the names and having fun with the guys and joking with too just helps build that family culture. And if you surveyed probably every single person, every on uh, my team right now, they'd probably say the first thing they love about the, the job or most of them would say would be the family environment because Again, we're all human. We all have things going on in life. You know, over the last five, 10 years, we've seen a shift in lifestyles and everything. And it used to be all about money, 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 money. Yeah. And it's really not anymore. I mean, yep. you can leave a job to make two or three dollars more an hour, but the culture is horrible and you're miserable. You dread going to work every day. And when I was doing interviews back in the day, my the one thing I'd say to everybody is like, I want you to want to come to work, not feel like you have to. Yeah. This way you're coming in happy. You know that you can come into a stress-free environment that I'm not going to be yelling at you and putting you up against the wall because you lost a $10 nozzle. And that goes a long way with when they're communicating with the customers. They're happy. The customers are happy. The work is great. We get great reviews and it's a recycle, uh, you know, it's that cycle right there. So like I said, I mean, when you come to that office, you just can see it. See it on the wall, see it in everybody smiling, seeing the joking going around. And I just like to have fun no matter what we're doing. I like that. So what uh g- give me some oopses or some oh damn, we, we had to, you know, avoid that. You know, yeah, any, any and um, the way? yeah. So the one of the things that we want to do or we try to do is be best friends with everybody. And yeah, that's hard. And there's a very fine line there on being too close with somebody or, or too friendly because when they get they mess up then it's like oh well i thought we were boys or you know mm-hmm. and uh, you know then you go drinking after work and and then it's just you got that relationship and it gets hard to yeah. recognize when things are really going wrong and things can get real toxic but that's your boy or that's your girl and you can't mm-hmm. fire them because you're too close a friend so i think that was a struggle Cause I wanted to be, make everybody happy and I wanted to be friends with everybody so that they liked me even more. And I had realized that I didn't need to do that. So now we have those relationships and those boundaries and stuff. And I'm not saying yeah. you can't drink with them after work and have fun and things mm-hmm. like that, but it just makes it harder. Once you have that different connection with somebody uh, to be able to punish them or yeah. yell at them. So that was a hard one too. And well, when you, when you go out, when you do those things, which I'm not saying I'm with you, I'm not saying one shouldn't, maybe one should you know in whatever context we just got to understand that there's consequences with every action you know and maybe you should do some of that stuff maybe you should do a lot of those things but you know you can't sit here and say oh well i'm not going to hire family because i don't want to work with family or i'm not going to hire friends but then hire strangers and then make them your friends and think you're doing something different you got to realize if you're going to hire a friend that's cool. But there's, there's some baggage that comes with those things. And, and I, I can relate with you. I, I really struggle um, I, to this day. I, I, you know, it's one of the reasons I pulled myself out of the business and put someone else in my place. Cause is this is a weakness of mine. 
I like being liked too much for someone that's as abrasive as I am. You know, I'm, I'm more abrasive, like to the masses, but like, you know, in my circles, it's like, I like being liked too much. And that's one of my great weaknesses as a leader, to be honest with you. Yeah, absolutely. And and just be able to recognize that because I've seen, again, I've seen a lot of toxic cultures where the turnover is just so incredible and there's hiring and firing, but there's one person that stays mm-hmm. and it's because they're too close to that person. They, they just can't see it. They got their blinders on and they're constantly pointing fingers at everybody else, but really it's one person that's holding them back from doing the things they need to because they got too close. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is being able to fire them because you feel bad. You want to like everybody and yep. just, you know, saying, Hey, you're great. You're just not great for us. And mm-hmm. you can do better someplace else. I love you meaning it, as Pat Clark would say, um, but it's time to go. So luckily I stepped away from that role and I've got great people in place to do the firing. So I don't even have to deal with that anymore, but mm-hmm. that, that was very hard. I, I mean, I'll remember my first fire and I remember my last fire and it was never fun, yep. never, never, but it is what it is. I, I fired uh, honestly way more than I should have, uh, you know, chalking that up to being a poor, I don't think I'm a poor leader today. You know, I can, I, I see where a lot of my weaknesses are, but I don't, I think I'm a good leader, but uh, I wasn't back then. And I, I was in a, a great example of the Peter principle. Uh, if you don't know what that is, it's just the concept that people tend to get promoted to their lowest level of incompetence, you know? So that's, that's why so many bosses are the jackass and the, the, the butt of the joke in, in society, because, well, if you're a good employee, you get promoted. Well, and then why do you stop getting promoted? Cause you hit the top of your, your uh, skill level and you didn't get better. Right. So I was kind of in that, that space back then. And I fired a lot of people as a result of me being a poor leader. I could have kept a lot of them, could have helped them and stuff like that. But to that point, I got numb to it. But the the first person I fired was way more nerve wracking. And the first few actually were way more nerve wracking and terrifying than the thought of that uh, first employee in your own company that that I made. And that was scary but there's something about firing someone. I remember, and this guy that I, the first guy I fired, he deserved it. Like he should, he should have been, I fired him like my third day as the manager, he should have been fired a year prior. And, uh, so this dude that deserved it, I remember after it happened, I walked back into my office and someone was like, well, was that tough? And I go, this this is the worst thing I've ever done. Literally what I said, worst thing I've ever done. Not so much in hindsight, but (laughs) it's terrifying. Yeah, absolutely. And then I remember we had uh, that toxic guy working with us. And as we hired after him and he was out there doing the training and teaching his guys, I didn't realize he was drinking before the job, drinking on the job. And he was just the dictator, mm-hmm. like, go do this. You know, this is my job. You go do this. And I'll, I'm going to go do this easy stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And they never, the other guys never told me because they were scared. Yeah. They were afraid that I, my feelings would get hurt because they thought I liked them. And I mean, I like the guy as a person, but I didn't care enough to, to keep him on and, and just kill the culture. So yeah, we don't like, it. yeah. And that's the sad thing, which none of our employees are probably going to hear this statement, but we don't like that person nearly as much as um, we like all our people, you know, it's like, we don't like them enough to let them mistreat, absolutely. you know, our team here. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, you said something earlier, it's not about 
wasn't this exactly you were talking about uh people won't want to come to you with something you know like if you don't listen enough when you're talking about that and i was it kind of stung because yesterday my gm we were talking we were just talking about it and an issue we had been working on you know, like a policy we were creating or whatever and we were wrapping it up and she and i shared a couple of thoughts that i had had that i hadn't shared prior and she's like oh okay well that actually aligns with and we were at Responsicon, not you know, just recently. And she's like, "So and so taught blah blah blah," but well, I didn't think you'd like any of those ideas. And and I didn't get mad at her because I was like, "Damn, I you know, I I clearly screwed up here that she didn't even bring me what she thought was good ideas." And I actually, I think we have a better relationship than that, quite frankly. But that one stung because I was like, "Okay, I got to step <laughs> my game up on this." So um, anyway, that that was a tough one. But yeah, employees. Uh, tell me your thoughts on this statement. So I'll make it's a broad statement, but um, the first hardest thing about getting your at least home service businesses, like what we've done here, the the first hardest thing about the business is getting work, and then the next extremely difficult. It's not the next hard thing, but like the two big ones. It's getting work at the beginning, and then after you've cracked that nut, it's leading people. And I don't think that one ever changes. I don't think, I think that's always going to be the biggie, but there's other headaches in there. You know, you got to learn your numbers and learn P and L's and learn what, you know, unfortunately oftentimes learning the hard way, but those were for me are the two. You can suck at some other shit and still get by, but you can't suck at those two things and scale up business. I don't think. Right. What are your yeah. thoughts on that? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, there's so much, I would say, you don't know, what you don't know. And I, I'm good at business, running the business. I suck at numbers. I'm good at culture. I'm good at leadership. I feel not great, but good. And I'm constantly developing my skills on that to be, to be a better leader every single day. I mean, I, I, I critique myself all the time. I'm like, ah, probably shouldn't have said that or probably should have coached him a little bit better. And I'm vulnerable with my team. And I tell them these things all the time. Like I'm trying to be a better leader for you guys so that you can be my replacement and be better leaders for your team below you. And as long as everybody's aware of what they're doing, learning from their mistakes, uh, you know, you, you become a better person every single day by doing that. So uh, I just lost what I was going to say on that one. Uh, well, we, uh, we were talking about the question that you were responding to was uh, marketing and then like people are the two hard things in the business. You know, so I'm just trying to refresh your. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I hire for my weaknesses now mm -hmm. and I, I'm, I, I should know my numbers and I don't, I'm bad about it, mm -hmm. but I hire people to know my numbers and, and help me. I just hired a GM. He just started last week and I'm excited for that. But, you know, I've got an amazing sales manager, amazing operations manager, amazing admin manager. All three of those are just phenomenal what they do. And I love learning with them, growing with them personally and professionally and empowering them to make those decisions for us. And then they hire below them. And I trust everything they're doing. Again, if they make mistakes, we'll figure it out to become better as a person, as a company. Um, but now with the GM in place, He's going to hold me accountable to hold everybody else accountable because that was the one thing as the owner, we're everywhere and we yeah. can't focus on everything and what we should, but it's hard as we're trying to grow and do different things. So now I feel with the four of them in place, they're all going to hold each other accountable, hold me accountable. And we're all just going to flourish. And it's, I'm excited. I, you know, just, 
trusting your people and having fun with them, like I said, yeah. is so important. It really is every single day and telling them thank you. That's hard too. I mean, I'll just send a random text message and say thank you. And they're like, what? I'm like, just for being awesome. Yeah. But just uh, just some attaboys, some some gratitude and, and congrats on stuff goes a long way, I think. Yeah. So JC, you've got your GM in place. You got an excellent team that's executing on stuff. You're you're in your lane. You're kind of in a new chapter of some things that you're bringing on here. What what's what's it like JC 4.0 here? What's what you're you're doing some speaking? I think you're doing some teaching. I, I really don't know everything you're doing. I know actually, uh, you and I are speaking at the same event here at the end. What is it? Is it two next weeks week. away? Is next it next week? Holy shit. Okay. Yeah. It's next week. Well, it's in, my, it's in my backyard. So it's just like 20 minutes that way. So no biggie, but, but the PWMCA event, we're both going to be speaking there. And then I know you said you got uh, a lights boost, uh, which I think is like a kind of like, is that like how to sell Christmas lights kind of thing? And then yep. you have a, yep. and then you also have a sales boost thing coming up. I know you're doing sales boost uh, in conjunction, I think with Pat Clark over there. Um, what kind of things are you sharing? I mean, like what, what's the new JC doing? Are you just teaching people how to put lights on homes? Are you teaching them how to change their freaking lives? Are you, you know, what, what's going on here? Yeah. So obviously you've seen a shift in my posting and everything over the last couple of months. And, you know, I, I don't know what I was thinking when I started it. And I just, I wanted to be able just like with the Christmas lights, be able to impact one person every single day, whatever, however I do it, whether it's a, a picture of a smile telling somebody they did great, um, and I find that these daily postings have been really fun for me and I'm getting a lot of feedback from that, that people thanking me because again, we're all human. Everybody thinks this pretty picture. And once they realize that we're all human and we're all the same, we all started someplace. I didn't start up here in 2022. I had to go through the thick of it and I had to go through those challenges and I'll gladly share those with everybody every single day and show them how, you know, how I've messed up and, and we'll continue to mess up, but how I'll learn from that and to be a better father, be a better leader, be a better son. Mm-hmm. So really doing that. You know, I want PWMCA next week. I'm really excited about that. Uh, thank you so much to Jamie Schmidt for, yep. I mean, he was the first one to put me on stage. Um, and I'm so excited to be there uh, Friday talking about culture and leadership and how that all stemmed from my time in the Navy. Mm-hmm. And uh, looking forward to getting that talk lights boost. Like you said, We'll be with Pat Clark and Eric Kelly the day before Clippicon in Vegas talking about the psychology of a sale because selling Christmas lights is completely different from selling pressure washing. There's a lot more emotional connection. Nobody needs lights, but they want it. Mm-hmm. People need to get their house pressure washed. But they don't usually want to because they don't want to pay for it. So it's a little bit different mentality there. And then, uh, yeah, sales boost the week after I'll be helping Pat on the back end with that. So it's uh, just a very busy month on top of that. I'm heading to Europe with my kids in two weeks nice. uh, or a week and a half and spending some time with them and decompressing before the season kicks off. Nice. Good shit, man. So, uh, so a lot more speaking to happen for you in the, in the future. I mean, is that, yeah, I, I love it. I mean, I, oh, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll let you know Friday if I love it. So. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Jamie put me on the spotlight. Uh, we got the first class Friday morning. So either they'll be sleeping or hungover, um, and hopefully yeah. stumbling into the class and listening to whatever I got to spit out. And as long, again, as long as one person gets something out of it, mm-hmm. my mission was complete there. And, uh, I, I just, I like it. I like talking to people. I like sharing my story and letting people know that they're not alone. And that's the thing. Like we all just get scared to communicate. I know as a man, it's hard. I mean, I'm sure you've been there too. Like, you know, man, macho, oh, perfect. Yep. No, 
can't express feelings. And I remember last year I was at an event and I was crying. Uh, Ed Milet was talking. I'm sitting there. Dude, the last event I went to, well, the only event I've been to with Ed Milet, I would fucking bald my eyes out. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sitting there crying. I'm like, I'm like, there's onions here somewhere. And there's people all around me. I'm like trying to suck that tear back up. And um, yeah, I've so. never done that before. I've yeah, never I. cried. Uh, you know what? Uh, I've done my fair share of crying in church back in the day, you know, like I was in those kind of churches and had some experiences there. So, but you take that out of it. I've never went and listened to someone speak and I started freaking crying. And I mean, and this wasn't like I had a couple of tears, man. Oh, I was just, rolling. It was, I was yeah. so thankful. It was the <laughs> end of this four day event. It was, it was great, but grueling. I was so glad I like sat in the back of the room kind of by myself so I could spread out. So I wasn't so damn embarrassed. <laughs> the waterworks. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad it was dark at the event and uh, had Same here. Say, but he was talking about his father and it just hit home so hard because like I said, my dad's my number one and uh, yeah, that hurt, but it, it hurt good. And it made me vulnerable. It made me realize like, it's okay to cry. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's normal. Yeah. Gotcha. I, I, I'm I not going to cry for you. Sorry. No, well, that's we'll, We'll cry together in the dark at the PWCA. <laughs> yes. uh, next right, uh, with no one else's. We'll just hold each other and, <laughs> and, and keep eye contact the whole time. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, well, listen, dude. Um, JC, I think a lot of you. Uh, is there anything else that, that is there that you want to promote? I mean, we talked. Where can people, uh, if they want to talk about the PWMCA event, they can go to PWM, that's PW. M C M as in Mary C as in Charlie A as in alpha, uh, org. You can check those guys out, you know, and get a ticket to that event here in Orlando next week. What about the light boost and the sales boost? If someone said, Oh shit, I'd love to hear, uh, JC talk about sales and one of those things or the other people that'll be at those, where can they, uh, learn more about them. Yeah. Uh, I won't be speaking of sales boost, but you can go to salesboostlive.com um, and get connected with that. Pat's got a great uh, lineup this year. I mean, he's doubled down and it's, uh, it's going to be a phenomenal event. I'm excited to be the third time I've been there. And every time I go, it's just packed full of uh, great content value and the speaker lineup is phenomenal. So I'm looking forward to be there and helping Pat um, with that. And then Clipicon, uh, go to, I think it's clipa.com. I believe, uh, yeah. to get tickets for that in Vegas, uh, March 23rd, I believe it is. Nice. I, I'd like, I actually thought about going out there. It's just not lining up good for me at the moment. Cause I kind of want to go to Vegas, quite frankly. I've never been, so I'm scared, um, but I'm excited. <laughs> I, I celebrated a birthday out there once, but I was 10, so it wasn't quite <laughs> yeah, what most count. people would imagine. <laughs> but I Mommy, what is she doing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, here's what's funny. So so the old people will, will appreciate this reference. Uh, so I go out there. My mom and I, we moved to California. We took like a two-week road trip to move from Oklahoma to California, you know, and the grand canyon and all that stuff so we stop at vegas for two or three days happened to be it during my birthday and uh i just that was back when the video game double dragon oh Anyone yeah that remembers that yeah. Oh, yeah it was like pre-street fighter it was like the coolest fighting game you know up until like street fighter 2 came out and i probably i bet you my mom gave me probably 300 dollars of quarters to play for the two or three days straight while she was doing her thing over in the casino and it was the best birthday ever it was it was amazing i just got to play unlimited arcade games so yeah that's back when a quarter got you a game and now it's like a dollar a game if you're lucky 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and of course, and I, for all the people keeping score, it probably wasn't three hundred dollars. Suck it! Like, it was, it was a lot, and I was never in want for another quarter. But uh, JC, you're freaking awesome, dude. Thank you for uh, being on here, helping other people have a better day today, and uh, and and what's beautiful about that. And I, I love your just your whole outlook with the Christmas light thing, and now you're talking about the speaking, and it's like the fact that you get enjoyment. That someone's got a slight, maybe it's slight, maybe it's huge, but a better day when they drive by and see one of your Christmas lights. Well, here's the cool thing. This podcast is going to last forever. And there's probably, you know, smile about the person that once you're dead and gone, here's this thing. And you had a positive impact on them. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for being open, honest, vulnerable on all of these things. Listeners, go show this guy some love. If you're a friend with him uh, on online, uh, go say dude that was an awesome episode if uh if you're not you probably need to try to before he doesn't have any more room for for friends online and stuff like that but jc you're freaking awesome you're you're a friend in my book buddy thank you for being on the show thank you everyone else listening always 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 remember if you're not doing the things that you want to be doing which sometimes there's good reasons for that right so if you're not doing the things that you want to be doing you better have a damn good reason for it but if you're not pursuing those things, there's no good reason for it. Peace. Ups and downs, just like every different season, yo Sometimes I'm high, other times I'm barely breathing, though I always gotta fight and hide from the demons, yo Negative thoughts are poison, they ride, uh Head full of flaws, so here come the clouds, uh They'll never stop unless I can swap All the bad for the good in my head when I'm lost, uh yeah, so I'ma fake it till I make it Positive thoughts are overtaken, I got patience One day at a time is how you operate a cadence A flow, you grow, you show yourself a foundation Stay away from all the shit that causes temptation I know that I like to do it cause of sensation I live my life in my head like a narration Don't expect greatness, do my best, man, I'll take it Wake up, today's gonna be a good day Wake up Today's gonna be a good day. Wake up. 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 Today's gonna be a good day.